This week on Reliving the Extreme, we are delving into Hardcore Heaven 1994. Nate Maxson here with you, along with my brother Aaron. What's up, Pambones? And, of course, Mr. Chad Austin as well. Fucking Archie Mitchell all the way. I almost said, and Archie Mitchell, but no, wrong, <laughs> wrong I'm, show. I'm thinking about legally changing my name. I don't, I don't, I mean, it's, it, it's, it sounds like you could be famous. He's trying, he's trying. I mean, it's better than, <laughs> it's better than my legitimate last name. Nobody's ever going to think that guy's possibly famous. He's a, he's probably a Yugoslavian defective or, <laughs> or a Russian sympathist or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, I I always sign at all my jobs when I sign in. I sign in as Chad Austin because yeah. they don't ask for uh, an ID or anything. So I'm just Chad Austin to the. I mean, that's all I ever say. Just Chad Austin. Yeah, that's all right. Warrior was allowed to be warrior, right? Yeah. <laughs> Plus, my fucking father's a fag, and I uh, I I, I, did, I decided to not take keep the name. He's a fucking idiot. Believe me, I wish he was in the ring with nine one one. It probably would have been better than what we saw in this show. Oof. Um, yeah, I. I have my, and, and well, we'll, obviously we're going to delve into it, folks, but I have on my notes here at the end of my notes, it says, because this is kind of an iconic show for ECW when you think about it, the end of it. You know, for year, for the whole existence of that promotion, every time they opened a show, they showed us when the fans threw the chairs in the ring on top of Public Enemy. Oh, dude, I mean, where else has that happened? Exactly, yes. So, I mean, of course you're going to milk that cow for as long as you possibly can. The show itself, though, for being a thing of legend, I guess, I thought was kind of a letdown. And, I mean, obviously, we'll get into it, but I'm, I don't know what you guys thought. I'm I'm willing to say it was probably a letdown because it was edited. Okay. And I'm sure that it didn't come across as great live. as I mean, on, on tape. On TV, yeah. Yeah. I kind of I kind of noticed that myself. And it was like, this was a, not, this was a pretty hot show. Mm-hmm. At least yeah. on well, paper going in. And that, and that that's probably the case, too, because there is a lot that kind of happens off camera. You know, you see someone's foot or you see someone's head or something, but you don't actually see what fucking happened because of the, just the one camera shot. I don't even know if I noticed that. Maybe I like feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you beat me to it, Aaron, with the Tony Atlas. Oh, Jesus, is. <laughs> that, 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 but. When I, I took my ex-girlfriend to a show and she met Tony Atlas and me and Tony were talking and he, she's like, does your man lick your toes? She goes like, what? She goes, well, does your man lick your toes? And she goes, no. He goes, oh, man. <laughs> she said, he said, I'll lick them toes till Sunday. <laughs> and I think the show was Friday. And I'm just thinking, oh, good Lord. And then that was one of the last shows she ever went to. <laughs> kind of turned off from the pro wrestling business <laughs> from that. <huh? laughs> yeah. Good. I mean, she got a, like, she, she, 
Beyond the Mat wasn't out yet. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if she could have watched Beyond the Mat before she decided she was going to go with me, she would not have went. <laughs> she would have said, that's okay. You go do your thing, man. I'm going to sit here and drink vodka until my liver falls out of my fucking rectum and whatever she does. <laughs> well, this show, Hardcore Heaven, takes place August 13th, 1994 at the ECW Arena. According to Wikipedia, it was a sellout. Um, every show is a sellout. Every show is a sellout. <laughs> I mean, no, legitimately. Every show is a sellout because for every show they sell whatever amount of seats they got. That's why you see a lot of people standing. So then every single show, they have to bring in more chairs. So, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say that it wasn't a sellout. Mm-hmm. I believe it totally was. They well, just had to bring in a whole bunch of extra chairs. As time goes on, like we, like I think you alluded to a few shows ago, Chad, they, 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 the the crowds look bigger and bigger, and at this point, they have they added the the bleachers in yet, or the you know what I mean, like the the, the seating outside from ringside. I, I don't think so because I, I remember. I, I what'd you say? I don't remember seeing it. It just seemed like the crowd was just flat, like not flat, like like reaction wise. I mean, I didn't see anybody like above know, other people. Above. Well, I, I remember the reason why I say I didn't think that it was. They had the bleachers in there because I remember seeing people walking by in the background, mm-hmm. like yeah. going to their seats. And if you would have had bleachers, I wouldn't have never saw that. Right. Well, the opening match here is Hack Myers versus Johnny Hotbody. Yes, Johnny Hotbody's still around, and he no, is it was, hot, it was Hack. It was Hack Myers versus Rebel. Why did I write Johnny? Why did I write Johnny Hotbody? Rock and Rebel. The because they're I... both going to be the hand bones of the week. <laughs> <laughs> rock and Rebel. <laughs> the Rock and Rebel. And who else did you say? Johnny Hotbody. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be the hands of the week. And I don't even think Johnny Hotbody work here anymore. No, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently I wasn't paying attention. But anyway. <laughs> oh, good. In my notes of the match, I actually have Rock and Rebel written down. Good for me. All right. But anyway, this this match was pretty basic. Um Easy. Nothing, nothing good. Nothing bad. They both did exactly what they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, my, my only was, the crowd was into both of them too. I mean, well, oh, I don't mean to cut you off, Aaron, but I that was going to say my only other note on the match really was actually Hack was really good during this match at reading the room too, as far as reacting to the Shaw chants and things like that. He he, I thought he did a, he did a better job in the match than Rebel did, but they were both fine. Well, Hack was Hack had. He had a lot of people there to help him. I mean, not only did he have ultimately Paul, but I mean, he was friends with me. He mm-hmm. was friends with Axel and Ian, you know. And I mean, uh, I thought it was a decent, a decent opener. I mean, Hackomania was running wild, but my closed caption said Hackle, Hacklemania, <laughs> Hacklemania was running wild in Philadelphia <laughs> at Hardcore Heaven '94. And apparently, on my end, so was Johnny Hotbody. Sorry about that. <laughs> Your, your closed captioning said it was Johnny Hotbody too. No, my stupid head apparently said it was Johnny Hotbody. Hey, that was a big. That was that to me was a pretty big win for Hack. Yeah, yeah. I actually not not having watched this show probably in twenty years, I I forgot he won. I figured Rebel was going to win. To be honest with you. Yeah. Well, I mean, no. I, I already at that point I already knew that Rebel was. You already lost to me. So <laughs> you know, I think you lost to me. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes, when yeah, you were so having he, when you were having your when you were having your win streak as a babyface. Yeah. So yeah, he must have knew he was on his way out. He was just there for the payday and the fact that he had the license mm-hmm. and he need and Paul needed him because at that point, uh, Pennsylvania is like Maryland. 
they only allow so many people to have promoter's license because they don't want any, any, any Tommy Fierro, you know, Jeroni out there just running goofy ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who's, plus, the, plus they get, they, they, somebody realize you can get paid for it. Whose license did they use after Rebel? Did Polly finally get one or did Gordon get one? I want to think. I want to think that Todd got one from maybe Goodhart. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, because like I said, they weren't giving licenses out. You would have had to, and it was grandfathered kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it would be probably hard to get it. Or unless they did a Vince route and just said, hey, this is all bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but but the commission, the commission realized they can make money off of this. Mm-hmm. Like every commission does. And that, and this, that's the Ronald McDonald about it is that, even when I when I had to go to the hospital from working a match where I got I got busted open in the head with a trash can and I was the second guy to get hit by it by by uh, Brian Christopher my partner was the first so he dented it but when he dented it he created a a sharp edge mm-hmm. and Brian didn't really spin it around and he kind of just hit me and then boom we were laying on the ground and he looked at me and he goes you're bleeding. And I looked down on the, on the ground and I, I, I wheel you to it. <laughs> and then I tried to turn, it was a hundred and I want to say $25 bill. I tried to turn it into the state athletic commission and they told me they weren't going to accept it because it happened outside the ring. And if you read the Maryland state athletic commission rules, it's fucking 1956. Like literally, I mean, There's a, it's that bad. It, that, that's the rules that they still basically apply by unless you pad the pocket. That's um. It's funny because we were telling that story. That's in one of Foley's books. He's talking about like I think he got like he was fighting Vader or something, and Vader threw him into the threw him into the guardrail and it busted him open. And he wanted to get check. He wanted to get free medical kick treatment for it or whatever. And the the athletic commission was the athletic commissioner was like, oh that that happened outside the ring. And, and yep. Harley Race was like, no no, it was a headbutt. You know, like in his Harley Race voice, he's like, it was a headbutt. Yeah, he would. He would like, know how to work. Harley, come on, Harley. You know it was the guardrail, and Har- fully said that guy. Harley looked right at that guy and was like, "It was the headbutt." Yep. <laughs> I was like, "Yep, it was a headbutt." That's what the guy care. said. That's what the guy repeated. <laughs> Dude, he could have been concussed and ended up looking like I don't know Rocky Dennis. <laughs> you know, his head could have, his brain could have swelled to to where he looked like sloth. <laughs> From the Goonies, it was but, a headbutt. <laughs> yeah, dude, it, it sucked, man. Because they'll take your money, but they won't do nothing for you. And then once a year, you got to get a physical. Mm. Probably pay another, for that too, huh? <laughs> no, I think it's another. I think it's another forty bucks because I think I think the promoter's got to pay for a certain percentage of it. Mm, okay, and then I cover the rest of it because they, they do it them all at one time, kind of. Th- you know, every time we mm-hmm. go in there, I always go over to the sheet that. Our state athletic commission guy had he's a but was was a buddy of mine, um, and he had one of them old school printer papers, like a stack of them that had mm-hmm. everybody's name, everybody's real name, everybody's address. Oh, like the, the old the old school like dot matrix paper where it's all yeah. connected together. Where you yeah. tear the little ends off. <laughs> yeah, sides. I was just going through it, going wow. Like all, he had everybody's name and address. And Jimmy everything. Jimmy Cicero, what? No, I don't think he was on that. <laughs> the next match on this show, speaking of Chad wrestling, is Chad Austin against Tommy Cairo. It was okay. I thought I actually put down here that uh, Tommy, I, and this isn't this isn't even me because you're on the show saying this seriously. You were selling well and stuff, but Tommy looked totally uninspired during this match. I don't think his oh, face yeah. changed. Well, why why changed. would you? 
Why would you think he looked uninspired? Well, all right. So they replaced him with Tommy Dreamer in his feud with the Sandman, pretty much. And do you, do you think he saw the writing on the wall? Yeah, and he told that he was told that he was not going over on this fine evening in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Well, you got a WWE network music treatment. What do you actually? Do you remember what you actually came out to? Um, I don't think I had music. Well, they added some music then. Yeah, I don't. I, if I did, it wasn't anything that I picked. And and back then they weren't using that dude. Mm-hmm. They were still using original music, right? Yeah. So yeah, it would have had to have been either something that the guy picked. That guy was pretty cool, actually. The music man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was pretty decent. I, 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 he he sat up on the eagle's nest, like on the on that stage. Okay, and you could walk up there and just sit there behind him and watch the show. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, so he was cool. I mean, he, he he was he was a he was a pseudo mark. He wasn't a big mark, but you know, you knew he liked wrestling. But his main deal was being a DJ. Wouldn't he announce like during intermission that if anybody was having a wedding, a birthday party, a bar mitzvah? A coming out party. I bet you he he would be the guy that would be doing it, <laughs> promoting his mobile DJ business. <laughs> He's got his trailer sitting out in front of the arena, so you can see his phone number and shit. Dude, he he, he actually did because he had a lot of shit. Put that your was, name that, up. Put that was the time when they actually. I mean, I, I want to say he started having money or spending money. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say they had it <laughs> <laughs> because we all know how that fucking went. I mean, but I never had a check bounce. The um, the finish of this match, uh, well, let's see. Tommy uh, misses a move off the top rope. Chad hits a sunset flip. Um, well, Tommy that bump that he takes into the corner? You can yeah, go right ahead. That was, that was fantastic. You took that bump in that corner and got stuck. That was really good. I, I stole that. I, I, I know I stole it from somebody, but I want to say maybe it was uh, Waltman. Sounds like, about right, yeah. Like, one of like a 1991 or 92 like Minneapolis independent show kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. Because I, I remember he did it in the WWF. Yes, like, I, he did it. He did it. Uh, he did it, um, I think, in at least one or two of his matches with Jerry Lynn in the GWF, too. It was a great bump. And I knew mm-hmm. it. I knew I could take it safely. I mean, I thought I took good bumps for the guy. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, I have here, Chad's bumping good. Chad's selling good. Tommy's uninspired. And like you said, obviously, we know why. But how about that backdrop he gave me? Like, I always always took pride in I never took a standard backdrop. Because it was all just bullshit. You know what I mean? (laughs) If If you see everybody doing the same, like, bump. But, no, I would always either try to flip all the way over, flip to my side. Flip to like make it look like I was trying something, mm-hmm. and, you know what I mean. And he got me, so I felt awkwardly, awkwardly because the it doesn't it doesn't hurt. The, I mean, the, the ring doesn't hurt that bad. It ain't nothing you can, especially when you're in the middle of a match. And really, regardless of how the move looks or not, you're, once you're in the air, you're in control of yourself anyway, right? Unless, unless you know Scott Steiner's throwing you around and he doesn't. Well, I like want to say you, you probably got to set yourself up for that. Mm-hmm. You know, you probably got to set yourself up to how you're going to take the bump. You know, because, I, I mean, my job was to make the guys look good. Right. I mean, I did my best to make Tommy Cairo look good. And I, I wrote, it was okay. <laughs> and Chad, and I, said, I totally took good bumps, and I won. Chad wins with his feet on the ropes here. Um, of course, your ever-so-wonderful manager at the time, Jason, was not at ringside because he is about to be in the next match. 
against Mikey Whipwreck for the ECW TV title. I'll let Aaron don't have take. A lot of notes. Yeah, I don't either. I did. I do have a note here that some fat lady, um, <laughs> some fat, some fat lady gave Jason flowers at ringside. <laughs> some fat lady in a mask, unless it was a fat guy in a mask. I don't know. That was the fat like man in a, in a? That was a fat man in a gimp mask. <laughs> oh, good lord! Archie Mitchell was there. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't have anything for that match. It was, it was just, it was just what it was. I mean, Mikey, Mikey was so good at getting beat up. Yes, I mean, because I guess, I guess most of the time, like me, he really was. And, and that, that whole look on his face when he would stand there and look like he knows what he's about to get into—that's <laughs> probably half shoot. Yeah, know? I have here. Mikey does some great hope spots in this match. The crowd loves him. Um, they're just eating it up. Uh, Joey's kind of funny on commentary during this match, too. Do you remember where they said Jason's from? No. no. Europe. Oh, well, actually, they, they say, from Europe, Jason, the sexiest from, man alive. From Europe, New York? He's just from all of Europe. Yes. He's ambiguously from Europe. Yeah, he's ambiguous, all right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Huh? <laughs> I don't know. I ain't going to go there. <laughs> but Aaron, your notes on the match or anything about it to, before I get to the finish? Because, like I said, I just I was actually more focused on again Mikey with the with his spots and everything. And Joey, I thought was funny on commentary here too, talking about how uh, buying everybody drinks and you know, Chase oh, Jay Sully, Sully? Yeah. yeah, yeah, big Jay Sully that never showed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do you think he did that? I wonder if it was just I wonder if it was just Polly and or Joey just ribbing on Jay Sully, maybe. Like being a drunk, because remember yeah. back in the old shows where he when he all, when he was all sweaty and yeah, yeah and he, he'd be hanging out with Eddie Gilbert on like Bourbon Street or whatever it is, yeah. Beale Street, fucking hammered with him. Yeah, <laughs> so that's why just the rib, red nose, bags under his <laughs> eyes. Because I think Great. Sully was still there. I just like I think he was a stooge or something, but I never met him because I, I know I've seen things where he's. Like pre, like things, but after this that I've watched, where I've seen him like up in like the Eagle's Nest. No, maybe he worked in the back. I mean, like production wise. Yeah, because he didn't do anything with the boys. Because I, like, I, I never. He was never on the show that I was on. And, and what was the deal with the pit bull running? Is that because they were Jason's guys? Yes. Yeah. Oh, because I, I didn't make that correlation. And I'm like, why are the pit bulls just running out of nowhere? Yeah, they're part of your faction. My faction. Yeah, you're in this. It's the Rock and Rebel, Chad Austin, and the Pitbulls. Well, at least I know where European, I stand. Managed by European Jason. <laughs> yeah, I know where I stand. <laughs> I didn't even know I was in it. <laughs> How much am I giving Jason? Am I giving him what ten percent? <laughs> it's it's <Oof>. the. It's <laughs> a matter of fact, I'm still paying him off. But you can, you can, Nate, you can just talk about the finish because the finish of this thing is fucking stupid. I think. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it. Yeah, and it's I can always tell when the finish is bad when my notes don't make any sense after the fact when I read them. Because, you know, you're trying to write a note about something that, okay, how do I make sense of something that doesn't make any sense? Um, of course, the, the stipulation of the match was it can't end by disqualification. So, um, we'll count out. Yes. Uh, uh, th- there's a chair brought in the ring. Um at some point, Mikey cracks the referee with the chair, but then he pins Jason. But then the pit bull, and they announce they announce Mikey is the winner. But then the pit bulls come out and attack Mikey, 
and then Jason pins Mikey, and they announce Jason is the winner. And that's literally, I don't know how to describe it other than that, because that's literally how it went down. It was so confusing. I guess it was 7 rules. <laughs> I don't know. I'm surprised they didn't have Jay Cardio run out. Good night. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't have a lot of notes other than the fact that I have a bunch of questions. Like, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> and at the end of this, at the end of this chaos, Jason is the new ECW TV champion. Like, I don't oh, know. Jason went over. Yeah, but Mikey went over, and then they announced him. But then they were just like, oh, never mind. That they- didn't happen. And then they just had Jason get a pin from help from the Pitbulls. I don't know if Jason's dumbass forgot to kick out or something. <laughs> they wouldn't be surprised. And, and the timekeeper didn't fucking realize it. Oh, you have to go what? back then. You have to go back then and look for a certain spot like prior to that where either the referee is like leaning over and talking in Jason's ear or somebody because they know that that, that could have happened. That could have just been a, a spot that went awry. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it would make a lot of sense to me. Like when I saw it, I was like, "I, Jay, I think Jason forgot to fucking kick out." Oh, that makes total. That makes total sense. He's like he's so used to getting fucking pinned that he's just like, "Yeah." <laughs> it's like muscle memory. What did Joey Styles say for the last eight years? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what did he say? He had five wins in the last eight years. <laughs> Unbelievable. So directly after this, as the pit bulls are in the ring, Tasmaniac and Jimmy Snuka come out. Um, to make, I guess, to make the save for Mikey, but they are supposed to be having a match with the Pitbulls, and that match just starts here. And I have no idea why they let Jimmy Snuka get the pin in this match. Um, it's not even really a match. They come out. Taz kind of hits one of the Pitbulls with a T-bone suplex. Jimmy Snuka gets the superfly splash off the top and makes the pin. The Pitbulls are beat in record time, and Jimmy Snuka gets the pin. So this did nothing for anybody that's going to stick around in this company. Other, I mean, other than the fact that I'm pretty sure I, I'm, I'd, I'd willing to bet any amount of money on it that Paul still owed money mm-hmm. to Snooker, mm-hmm. and he was promising him if you do this, you'll get your money. And I'm also willing to bet that he probably he, his money. He didn't get his money. Didn't get yeah. his money. <laughs> but don't we have a? I mean, I don't have any other notes on this. No, no, I don't either. It was quick and. And to the point, and it's over. Aaron, you have any comments on this before we move on to our next uh, debacle here? No, it was stupid. Yeah, but we have a we have an old boy match coming up next. <laughs> next yes, the next match is the world famous Mister Hughes, Big Cat. He he's he's dealt with Luger. He's dealt with the Undertaker, and tonight he's dealing with nine one one. And the best ma- the best part of this match is Shane Douglas interview introducing Mister Hughes. Um, they've been building and building and building to this and given the abilities of the two men, this is exactly what they were building to. This is a plotting match. Nothing happening. The nine one one wins with a choke slam. Uh, I I told you the future of Mr. Hughes. Yeah. I think he's, he's, he's on his way out here. He has, he has to be. Well, yeah. Cause I think we're not too far off from, uh, well, obviously, I don't think he's around. He's not even around Douglas when Douglas throws down the title. I don't believe. I think no. he's gone by then. So I'm sure he was. And and the the word that I got, and I mean, I don't I don't know about anything, is that he was working for like 250 or 300 dollars a night, and and, he, and he's coming off a WWF run against Undertaker, <laughs> and you know, and he's making 250 or 300 dollars a night. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that that just tells you the state of affairs of where his career went. Right. 
and what he was into recreationally. Bit of a bur- bridge burner, too, I guess. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean I, that, that too, because I mean I'm sure everything was over money. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure he agreed to come in for a certain amount, and then when he got there, he got a certain amount, but then he probably tried to hold the guy up for another hundred. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Because the, the old guys, I don't know how you consider him an old guy. Be like, but yeah, but look at the house; it's sold out. And back in back in the seventies and eighties and stuff. If this house was sold out, you would see it. I mean, even in the 90s, you would see a bump on your paycheck. Mm-hmm. If the guy made money, then everybody made money. But aren't we aren't we coming up on um, Curtis Hughes? Curtis Hughes is bringing the August 1993 edition of WWF magazine with him so he can be like, do you see me holding the urn? I got the Undertaker. Yeah, that's his that's his negotiating uh, binder. That's his platform that he's. That's his, where got that's his hill he's dying on. <laughs> I haven't seen his name in a long time on a result. Well, Dying one one, which wins this plotting thing with a choke slam. Um, and then Shane Douglas, Shane Douglas decks Paul Lee here. And 911 choke slams Angel. Um, Aaron, anything else you want to say about this? Oh, Aaron, you, you, I hope you're all over this. It, it was fucking terrible. Like, no, there's, there's one specific line. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I have that written down, too, if it's the one that I'm thinking of, Chad. But What is it? When Polly says, tells uh, Shane to get his dead, smelly fish out of the ring. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I had to write that quote down. That's, <laughs> that was brutal. Mm. Funny, because it's true. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I bet you. I mean, she wasn't around. That, that could have been it for her, probably, right? She's, I don't. Well, we lost Aaron, but. Is I'm she? Sure. Oh, you're. Picturing is Angel around like way later, like in some I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of a different ballet. No, that, I, I I think you're right. I think she was brought back during some. Isn't she like with Simon Diamond or something later on down the line or something oh, like so, one of those weird factions that they had? You know, and that's, that's that's a long put, time from here. Yeah, she might have been in the flock. Um, I don't know, but I think she was brought back for something. And it was pretty much short term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it was anything that they had planned to do, like to, to bring her in. I don't, I don't remember, but I do remember seeing her later. Yeah, and like I said, ran. you know, you know, Polly liked to do. You know, he just put a, a random bat, bag of misfits together as a as a little faction or something. And I think at some point she becomes a part of one of those. But like Chad said, that's down the line. We'll get to it when we get to it. The next match, once again. Underwhelming. It is Sandman with woman against Tommy Dreamer and uh, Aaron. Uh, it, it was what it was. They didn't do anything. But underwhelming. <laughs> you got underwhelming. It, it was what it was. And, <laughs> and I'll just say it was. Uh, it was so so. Go ahead, go ahead, Aaron. I, I think they went into this thing thinking that it was going to be like the climax of the <clears throat> or whatever, and decided they wanted to keep going with it. So it was just kind of. Oof. It wasn't a, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think they went in thinking, now this is going to be the blow-off, but they're yeah. like, now oh, we want to keep going with it, so let's just come up with some convoluted bullshit. Well, I agree with you, because they really don't even have a match. No. Yeah, you're right. It was more of a conversation. Mm-hmm. But goddamn, the Sandman wear a dream around the damn game. <laughs> yeah, that, you're not shitting there. That's, that that's game the started splitting, <laughs> and it started bending. <laughs> 
Like you know, I mean, do you, do you understand? You guys, I probably explained it on the show. You do know what the gimmick is with the Singapore cane, right? Like how it's supposed to hurt. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. The, it starts separating and cutting. Yeah, but look look at the cane, look at the the Singapore cane in ECW. You'll notice there'll be tape wrapped around. And yeah, different. at certain points. Yeah, just to mm-hmm. keep the, the, the knots. Because, you know, that shit, Sandman's not going to take it easy on you with that shit. You know? And Dreamers right. clearly didn't take it easy on Sandman. And even Bob Ortiz got it. Yes. I, <laughs> I can't yes, believe Tom. Bob did I can't believe Bob agreed to that. And they did, they did, they did the right thing. It wouldn't happen, I don't think, in wrestling today. The rest of the show, you don't see Bob. Oh, really? I didn't notice that. Yeah, there's there's, there's some funny. other there's some other ring announcer. I don't know who he is, but yeah, oh, the rest of the show. Tony. I think okay. that's his brother. Yeah, but the, the yeah the rest of the show, Bob doesn't do any of the ring announcing. Um, oh, smart move by Bob. Because mm-hmm. somebody in the crowd that was smart enough probably would have well before the internet anyway, but somebody would have caught onto that. But yeah, this whole thing is essentially. Uh, Tommy hides under the ring with a cane so he doesn't get an entrance. He kisses woman, and the ref DQs him very early. And um, like like Chad said, then Artie, Bob Artiz gets caned and the Sandman. Um, and that's all my notes I have on it, to be honest with you. Yeah, like I said, Bob. it wasn't a match. It wasn't a match. It was just and, a, you know. And they, they did like the, basically this was them still trying to get the whole trying to get people to think that Tommy's like, he's not a pretty boy anymore. He's hardcore. Of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything from the time they started shitting on him was to do that. I mean, they're going in the right direction, I guess. I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even a fan of Tommy. I mean, we're barely even kind of friends, but, I, but you're I, right. You're, no, I mean, you're right though. With the story they're trying to tell, they're going in the right direction. You know, I mean, I think, we're probably what the next taping or the taping after is when you're going to have the police sir may I have another angle huh, you know I don't with, know we with, ain't got with, there yet with the cane so i mean that that's the direction they're headed and this was this i mean yeah as far as a confrontation kind of thing goes this was effective for what it was supposed to be and i do like the fact that sandman was resurrected with the with the cigarette palm. yeah with the palm all <laughs> you sure it wasn't a lucky strike uh, it, was, it was a Palmar or a Durrell, one of the two. It, it probably <laughs> depends on whatever gas station they stopped at before. They got yeah, half walked in and go. Hey, but this is night. This is nineteen in Newport, and they're like, "This is a Circle K." Back then, you could get a pass, pack of Basics for a dollar thirty-eight. Jesus, <laughs> he wants something less than that. He wants like the um, what do they call it when the stuff's not didn't come out right, and they sell it at a discount, <laughs> like an like an outlet cigarette. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's no, it's like um, it's like when you when you make a, a tennis shoe and you're making it, and and one of the, the machines mess up the swoosh, like the defect. Yeah, defect. <laughs> he he, buy, he goes in there and look. He all the all the filters are different sizes on the yeah, cigarettes. The, the, the cigarette packs are all mixed up with different cigarettes. <laughs> I got a Doral in here. I got a Paul. <laughs> He's rooting through the dumpsters, looking looking for any um, you know, cigarette butts. He's asking the homeless for cigarettes. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you got a cigarette? <laughs> AJ Sully, you got to smoke. <laughs> yeah, Sandman loved his cigarettes. The next one, the next match on this show is uh, one that I was very much looking forward to hearing Aaron's opinion on. I don't know why. Oof. It's the Public Enemy and the Bad Breed for the ECW Tag Team Championships. 
Uh, it was fucking crap. Like, like it's Falls Count Anywhere, and they say, oh, if, what was it, like, the team that doesn't answer the 10 count, now the team that was standing gets to use the bat, but then the other team is still using the bat. Like, it, it, it make, it's so fucking stupid. Yeah. It's a convoluted fucking mess. And no uh, chemistry, no chemistry, and the whole thing, in my opinion, everybody in the match was a few steps off, and it was in fucking slow motion. They should have, they should have just let Rocco and Axel book the match because Johnny and Ian were just come on, seriously, you know, just goofs, and you know, didn't know shit from Shinola. But if if Teddy and Axel got together. I'm sure they could have made something out of that. It, it was it was just a basic tag team match. Yeah, well, and it's and I have I have written down here. Um, there's a lot of like sloppy, lots of sloppy last man standing type shit here. Yeah, not like know. not like good last man standing stuff. Sloppy shit, and you don't get to see half of it. Like I know this camera was just panning all over the place. Yeah. Like, there's a point where Rocco does, like, a moonsault off the scaffold and puts Ian through the table, and you don't even get to fucking see it. You hear it. You hear it because <laughs> thud through the goddamn table and smack to the ground or whatever, and it sounded fucking impressive as hell, but you don't fucking see it. Like, well, that's because what they only have there, what, a two-camera shoot? I think this was just one. A hard cam? I think so. If they had like- one camera, it would have to be a hard cam. Like I said earlier in the show, there, that, that was what I was saying about like seeing tops of heads and feet, but there would be action outside the ring where you didn't, like Aaron said, you hear it, <laughs> something happened, but I can't fucking see it. Oh, dude, I remember, I remember thinking that during the Public Enemy Bad rematch when there was so much chaos going on and the, and the cameraman, like the two, the two guys, they both split the different sides of the ring outside the ring. And the hard cam was just was still stationed on the turnbuckle, yeah. like the corner post. And then you you know you hear Joey doing the color, and you're just like, where the fuck is any, anybody ahead? But yeah, that's they. I mean, clearly they, they worked on that. But yeah, it was it was just it was what it was. I, you know, I'm not going to kill either one of them. I didn't think I didn't think either one of them tried too hard. And I think that this is probably the beginning of bad breed on the way out. Definitely, Ian. <gasps> Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. We're getting close to the uh, what is it? The Taipei Taipei Deathmatch death or whatever. Well, they haven't broken up yet, man. I, I don't know if they did much with the angle, like if they did anything on TV about like anybody jumping somebody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think it is. They just kind of broke up, and then all of a sudden they had a Taipei Deathmatch because <laughs> somebody, been... somebody saw like Bloodsport or something the night before. We could do this. Yeah. Whatever. Go ahead. It, it was it was legitimately broken glass. With they the just party. They, they just couldn't break it down fine enough, so mm-hmm. the glass wouldn't stick to the to the tape to the glue. I don't know if that did that ever make TV or is it on any of the videos? Um, I don't, I don't know. Think, if ever, I don't know if I've ever actually seen the match itself. Maybe highlights from it, but I don't know if I've ever seen the whole thing. It, it may have been on Hostile City. City. Okay. I mean, it may have. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't even know if I have it. That's a good question. I think it's funny when any of us try to say hostile city, we say hostile shit. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, <laughs> Freudian. But the public enemy does win this match and retain their tag team titles. You guys have anything else on this debacle? Glad it's over. Yeah, I hated it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, how do you really feel there? But the next thing is. 
the highlight of the fucking show. Probably a, a nice a nice little work of art. Yes, Sabu and Two Cold Scorpio is fucking great. Like I didn't even I don't even have a lot of notes for the match because I was just watching the match. You know what I mean? Like that's I, I don't reason. I don't know if this was the first time these two have worked together. It was the third because there was a match that they put on TV and then there was another one they did that they didn't put on TV that the rope broke on and they showed highlights of it. So this is like their this is like their third match. Ah, uh, well they they definitely. They got, I mean, they got, they got some pretty good chemistry. I think. Like the only note I have is that um, there is that fucking pile driver that scored. Oh, that, that's I got to see Fucking wrong. Yep, I think we all wrote that down. I have that here too. <laughs> oh, that pile driver was brutal. <laughs> yeah, that that was that was gnarly. I, and I, I don't even know who to who to blame. I don't know. I don't know what went wrong. Was it who took it? Sabu, Sabu. right? Yeah. Did. Did Scorpio just kind of like give up like halfway through it or something? <laughs> and was Bro. like, fuck all this. <laughs> uh, but that's the only note I have. And I paused because I was like, I want to watch this match. I don't want to miss anything. And they fucking hit it. I'm like, pause, sick looking pile driver on Sabu. And then I started the match back up again. This, this is the best fucking thing on the entire show. It is. And it would have been even, it would have been even better. Again, I hate to keep, you know, beating a dead horse, but if, there were things during this match again that you didn't see because of the camera work, you know. And I just that that I think that's that's kind of sad that that didn't get on 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 tape. Also, I have written down a question that I wanted to ask you guys as I was watching this. In this moment in time, August of 1994, are these two guys both easily two of the top five workers in the co- country? Oh, um, Scorpio, probably. I, yeah, I was gonna say Scorpio. I don't know if I'd say, say like when you say I want to say yeah. work, or you just mean like in ring ability or whatever. Yeah, just I'm gonna watch a match with this guy, and I'm gonna enjoy everything I see. Well, I don't, I, I, I don't like. I could be wrong because I'm not a wrestler, so I could be using the term. He's wrong. a car crash guy. Yeah, I wouldn't call Sabu a worker. He's a spectacle. Yeah, okay. that's right. I mean, and there, nothing wrong with that. No, nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, me like I mean, a there's a there's a there's a reason why you book Andre. And you bill them as a special attraction. Yeah. To me, a worker's like Scorpio, Regal, Benoit. Benoit. You know, Sabu is like a fucking, like, what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like his uncle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but his uncle had a lot of pool. Mm -hmm. So he could suck as much as he wanted to. (laughs) No shit. It's like Jim Barnett. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my boy. Sorry. My boy, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should stop the show. Stop the show, Maxon. <laughs> Jesus Christ. My boy, my boy. Uh, Scorpio, uh, Scorpio. He, 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 companies, he saved money with the commission on physicals because he was like, I'll do them. Don't worry. I'm that. Barnett. Oh yeah. (laughs) You know what? I don't think I've ever had that on a physical. Most of the time, it's just um, temperature, blood pressure. That's pretty much it. I can't remember what state made you piss and all the other shit like that, but it wasn't very many. And and, maybe Massachusetts, huh? 
maybe Massachusetts. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming anywhere. And the only reason I say that is because I have a buddy that that grew up in Boston and lived well lived out there till like he was in his 30s, and he calls the place Taxachusetts. Like he, he's like they have they tax you for everything. There's an investigation for everything. There's an inspection for everything. You have to jump through hoops for everything in Massachusetts. So that's why when you said a complicated physical. I just gravitated to that state. Well, here in Maryland, we got a yeah, we got we we got a weird thing where everything's broken down into categories. Mm-hmm. So you basically get nickel and dime into everything when it comes to taxes. You don't realize, you know, when you get a bill for the trash that it's like forty five dollars. You know, right? And you get another bill for something. You know, like that shit. They they just bill you for everything, <laughs> and then you wonder where are the actual taxes that are coming out of my paycheck going to? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what? I mean. I mean, I, I don't, I, well, I pay tax. I don't, um, because I, I don't get any taxes taken out of my check. Mm-hmm. So I got to file for all that stupid shit. And most of the time, Jessica, Miss Jessica, the lovely Miss Jessica, she knows how to um, manipulate numbers. Because mm-hmm. I got to save all my receipts. You know what I mean? All that crap. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and in wrestling, nobody, no independent wrestler ever filed taxes. <laughs> Because what are you going to file? I got no income. This dude paid me $20. How do you, how do you claim, how, or how do you file a hot dog? <laughs> yeah, but just think if you could, because all the, <laughs> I mean, I don't need a hot dog. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about claiming a hot dog. I'm talking about gas. Yeah. Because here, up here in Maryland, you can't claim, you really can't claim gas. You have to be, you have to have a specific occupation mm-hmm. to claim gas. And I mean, I save all my receipts because like I said, the lovely Miss Jess, she can manipulate some numbers and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, my, my, my wife does the same thing because with, with the podcast, I have, we have, we have an LLC. We started an LLC for that reason so that, you know. I can actually claim half of my internet bill because we use it to record this podcast. I can claim part of my mortgage because I use this office to record them. So, yeah, I mean, and my wife's in banking, so she knows how to work the system, too. So, yeah, I mean, get every, get every fucking dime you can out, can out of the government. Dude, if, if it wasn't for Jess, I, I haven't filed taxes in years. And it probably wasn't even until the first year or two that we were together that she found this out. When I started getting letters. <laughs> After I changed my address at the motor vehicles and the mail started coming here and stopped going to my old apartment <laughs> where I could intercept it. And she's like, how many credit cards do you have? I go, I don't know, as many as they keep sending me. <laughs> it says approved and I take it. Fuck yeah, I'm, I'm approved. I mean, that they, they think I can pay them back. They got more confidence in, in me than I do. Thank I don't you, see thank that you MasterCard. Yeah. Thank you, MasterCard, you for your better. affirmation. Yes. Dude, I filed for bankruptcy <laughs> over somewhere around $10,000, you know, you know, whatever it was that I owed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I got it. And literally a couple days later, I started getting um, ads in the mail for credit cards. Car lots wanted to approve, approve me for buying a new car. And, and somebody told my attorney told me that you'll never get approved. Like you'll never get approved for, you know, a loan or anything. Right. And little did he know, dude, I got credit cards out the yin yang. They just bankruptcy. Started. Bankruptcy is gold, Jerry. It's gold. Yeah. Bankruptcy is a beautiful thing if you find the right lawyer. If you owe ten thousand, I know a guy you can only pay twenty five hundred to. 
And he takes payments. As a matter of fact, I still owe him. And that was one, 30 years ago. One note I have on this Too Cold Sabu match. Scorpio, during this match, misses one of the most beautiful moonsaults I've ever seen, but he misses it. I mean, it was it was a thing of beauty. Um, and Sabu does wind up winning the match with the Arabian face buster. Well, how did he mess it, mess it up? Because I didn't, I must not have caught it. Well, no, he, it, it was a, it was a moonsault that he was intended to miss, but the moonsault itself was a thing of beauty. Like he just, he just sailed, you know, and it, I mean, it was great, but he missed Dude, it. Who had a better moonsault than Scorpio? The only other person that I could say, I don't even know if it's better, but the only other person I could say had a, had a, as beautiful a moonsault as that is Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle's moonsaults were pretty, pretty. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And he always missed his too. So yeah. you know, the best ones he always missed. Well, that's because that's because they're probably worried about killing the guy. Yeah, if they're, gonna, if they're if they're going to do it right and they're committed to doing it, mm-hmm. they probably don't want to don't want to hit you with it because for fear of what if I mean I felt the same way. Well, it's like uh, Kurt said. Bob Holly told that to him because if you remember Kurt broke Bob Holly's arm when he hit his moonsault. And that's what he told him. He was like, the first goddamn moonsault you ever hit, and you broke my fucking arm. Yeah, take that out of your fucking repertoire. <laughs> I, I stopped doing it, I don't know, a few years. I mean, I stopped attempting to land it a few years mm-hmm. into my career when I realized I ain't that fucking acrobatic. I'm not black. <laughs> I don't have any of them jeans in me <laughs> that I can do all this flippy floppy stuff and Yet, I continue to try. Like, I ain't black and I ain't the great Muda, so I ain't doing it. No. I mean, but Scorpio probably had the... I know, like you said, Kurt Angle was probably right up there, but Muda's, Muda's moonsault was, to me, the most impressive. Yeah. Because he, would, he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't go up there and showcase it. Yeah, no, it was, like, quick. Yeah. 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 He, would, he would plant the guy, however he planted the guy, and he'd be up on the top rope, and boom, there you go. Mm-hmm. Moonsault City. Well, the final match here is the one that we discussed at the beginning of the show with the iconic ending, but it is Cactus Jack and Terry Funk, and you're not going to go wrong here with these two guys in the ring against each other. No, I don't um, know. On paper. And I thought I thought Jack's promo at the beginning was fantastic about, <laughs> you know, you're, I, you're already looking at him sideways because he's saying, I want to, I want Cactus Jack and Terry Funk to have a great technical classic yeah, in the ECW fight. arena. Yes. Well, that's, that's, I mean, how are you going to build better heat? Mm-hmm. Especially in Philadelphia. And it's the beginning of, of Cactus cutting promos in ECW, which are my favorite promos of all time. Um, right up there with, with Dusty. But Cactus's promos in ECW are, are literally my favorite promos ever. But and, um, and from what I remember, almost all of them were one take jake. Mm-hmm. Like literally, Paul would just say, "All right, cause, you know, once Paul got you on set, he you did all the promos you needed to do. It wasn't like he you cut a promo for the whatever spot show or whatever show, right?" And then, you go to the next guy and he cuts a promo. No, you cut all the promos for all the shows you're doing, like at one time. Mm-hmm. So. Jack was the guy that everybody in the locker room would clamor around, like when he was doing his promo for dinner. It could have been two thirty in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, and you would have still have twenty guys sitting around watching Jack cut all these promos and just like the tongues are hanging out. <laughs> like what the hell, man? And I'm not thinking Jack. I'm not thinking just from what I've seen over the years. 
I'm pretty much thinking Mick is not the guy that's just insert city here and it's the same promo over and over again. I'm sure everyone was different. Well, yeah, that's what Jack. That's what Jack wanted. I mean, Jack. Jack was that. He was different. Mm-hmm. He thought outside the box. You know, he, he cut promos that made you think. You know about stuff, and you know, I mean, wait till we get to the Kane Dewey. Absolutely, because by yes. then. With the sheets, everybody knew who Dewey was, mm-hmm. so everybody could understand. It wasn't like just some regular market watching going, who the fuck is Dewey? And the match itself, Aaron, I'll let you uh, give your thoughts. Uh, they try to EC, – ECW used to try to do – like rally, like rage against them, rally against the machine type stuff, you know, and I understand it, but there's like a point where they're chopping each other and the crowd's going woo. And Joey tries to be like, Oh, it's like, it's not senior citizen night here. Like make it. Yeah. That, that was the wrong. Yeah. And I'm like, Terry Funk's older than Ric Flair. Like that is not a joke that they should be making at that point. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's, the, that's the only negative thing I had about this entire, entire match. It's just like, uh, don't don't try to don't try to poke something like poke fun at something that it's like, eh. I, I just thought, like I said, they were just killing time until probably getting any ran in. Yeah. I and didn't it, know that there, that there was this big ass security guard, big black dude. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, I think Ray Candy's working security. <laughs> Throw that now. I don't even think yeah. Ray Candy was still alive. I, did, I don't think he was either. But Columbus. <laughs> Muhammad, whatever his name, Akeem Muhammad may have been. When I saw it, I was like, is that Ray Candy? And I was like, yeah, I think he died a couple months before this, but. Uh, maybe a few years. Akeem Olajuwon. <laughs> Remember them? Yep. Uh, Who man. was their manager? JJ? No. JJ? I thought JJ was their manager at one point. Does Oh, Who's no. Their... Paul Jones. Paul Jones was now, their Who manager. was their first manager in Florida? Oh, no, he he didn't manage. I think he managed the angel. It was um Jonathan Holland. Hmm. I, I mean, he didn't last very long either. And I don't think either one of the whatever it is, the Akeem African Dream Express didn't <laughs> stick around too much longer as well. Well, the match itself, like Aaron and Chad both alluded to, it was just getting to the to the end of it, really, where the public enemy comes out and attacks Terry Funk. And then they try to get. Or they essentially they try to uh, throw Cactus on top of Terry to pin him. Cactus refuses, and this results in the two. The, I'm sorry, the four of them brawling around the arena. Um, so we're furthering the feud between Terry Funk and Public Enemy and inserting Cactus Jack into it. Essentially, right? That's that's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, who do you have left for Public Enemy? Yeah, I mean nobody nobody that you've built effectively. To be honest, you know, I mean. And I doubt very seriously they're actively searching for tag teams. Right. Who's your, who's your next potential challengers? Tasmaniac and Snooka? Five Delta Slam. The Moon Dog. Johnny Hotbody and the Rockin' Rebel. <laughs> That's my team right there. <laughs> That's the same man. Me and Donnie <laughs> Allen. Shearer Brothers. Pull that, it, pull that one off. Is it Kyle Shearer? It, it's, it's Shearer, right? Kyle and Keith. You think that's the inspiration for Elias and Ezekiel? I hope not. <laughs> you, you, you could be right because it's it's getting over with me like the other gimmick did. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't uh, don't get me started. I don't. <clears throat> and then also, like we said at the end of this uh, brawl around the ring with Funk, Cactus Jack, and the Public Enemy, um, Cactus and Terry 
are asking the crowd, some of the crowd, hey, throw us a couple of chairs. And what winds up happening is... The big spot. Yes. All of the chairs. The, one of the unintentional visual classic moments in ECW history. Wrestling is, history. Yes. This is, not, week. this is not how it was supposed to go, but it was fortuitous that it did go this way. I, I'm, I'm just glad that Funk and Cactus have the ability to just call an audible out in the middle of the ring. <laughs> and just, you know what I mean? Because I doubt very seriously that Paul told him to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think mm-hmm. Paul had any input that match at all Doubtful. other than maybe the finish maybe the beginning pro like not 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 jack's promo essentially but the 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 impetus like the the what his promo was supposed to be about maybe i think he might have thought he was gonna have some input in that match huh. you know what i mean but then walked mm-hmm. up said hey this is what i think you were gonna do this is what i think you should do and terry funk was probably like i appreciate that but this is what we're going to do I'm pretty sure he didn't even say that. <laughs> he probably just either nodded, didn't say it, didn't even make a motion, because he already knew what he was going to do. Mm. So I, I my, guess. I, I'm, he, just, I'm, you know. he just looked at Paul and gave him his resting dory face. <laughs> the, the lemon head look? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I actually wrote a question down here for to ask you, Chad, as someone that is obviously a worker, has been in the ring. For something like this, where, like I said, obviously Cactus and Terry's intention – when they asked for somebody to throw some chairs to them was not for the entire arena to start chucking their chairs in the ring. No. As a worker, does something like this piss you off? I know it's an iconic moment and et cetera, et cetera, hindsight, but for the safety of the guys in the ring, is something like this something that as a worker would piss you off? No, I, I would consider that a, an honor of valor. Okay. I mean, wouldn't you? You know, you're reaching out to your fans. Mm-hmm. That, you know, help me out here. And then the whole, well, whether or not they were fans or not, I'm sure they all were. But I mean, everybody was like, oh, yeah, this is, once you see the first chair come in, <laughs> everybody said, oh, fuck yeah, I like open, this. Open the chair faucet. Yeah. This is, this is a good idea. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think it was actually planned. But I mean, once it happened, it happened. And you can see the guys running for their lives. Yeah. Well, so, Matt, that's what I was going to ask too. Like, uh, Say what you want to say about them. Grunge and Rocco are underneath that whole thing. Like, well, that's the best place to be. That's what I was going to ask. Like, is that just, like, I don't know how I want to say it. Like, is it, like, safe just laying there or, like, get, like. Oh, if you're underneath a bunch of chairs like that? Like, the yeah, first because you probably suck. But after that, it's probably just whatever, right? Yeah, after, the, after you get a bunch of pot on top of you, like, the one thing you don't want to do is have your head exposed. Mm-hmm. To an, an errant chair, like that flies in. It. I mean, because they have them little screws in the sides. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that that that's what hurts you. It ain't the chair seat. And we de- we definitely didn't have the same chairs they had at Karaoke and Hall, where guys were busting the bottoms out of them and shit. Right? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it, it was it was just a it was just a great it was just a great visual. No, oh, absolutely, yes. And then the. The the not bar the not Bob Ortiz ring announcer is like um please don't throw chairs in oh the yeah room. I was get, I was getting a beer when I heard that <laughs> and I just was like please, oh boy can you please not throw the chairs the minute he said can you please not throw the chairs anybody that hadn't thrown their chair threw their chair they were in Philadelphia how much you want to bet that could have been Paul telling the guy to say that. Yeah, it's like this guy that looks like he manages a Kenny Rogers telling me not to throw a head chair in the fucking I'll ring. Throw it directly at you. <laughs> I never thought about this. I've never thought about this before, but what if Paul did tell him to say that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they're in the ECW arena. 
He's like, be as polite as you can. Like, this is Philadelphia, so if yeah. you're polite, they're going to fucking hate you. I would thoroughly <laughs> appreciate it if you would not toss <laughs> any more of your seating implements. What is this? <laughs> this is like Vince McMahon's <laughs> list of, of terms you can use. Medical facility. <laughs> it can't be a championship. It's a title belt. Don't throw your chairs in the fucking ring. You can make that one word with commas, I guess. I don't know. Well, yeah, overall. That, 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 that oh, was ahead, a great. That, that was just like one of them, one of them great moments where I'm sure that. I'm sure I was there because I, I watched everything on that little tiny ass fucking on somebody's black and white TV that from their bedroom they brought there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I remember it, it, I, I just remember all that shit. How how I used to be the only guy sitting there watching everything, and then as the show went on, as the guys finished their shit, they would all come back and sit there and watch you know the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't so much as in like I want to see what they're gonna do. It's more like appreciation. Like, oh, this should be good. Do you remember? Right any of, do you remember any of the guys' reactions after they walked back through, after the chairs? No, because didn't they? I think they just brawled. Like, I think did they, they may have shot an angle outside too. No, I mean at, at that point the show was over, and I had to go find fucking Axel to fucking go home because <laughs> I'm not sure if he drove that night or I drove that night. But it's it's a pretty safe bet that I probably. Well, that being said, guys, overall, what did we think of Hardcore Heaven? 1994 in retrospect. Honestly, I didn't hate it as much as you guys did. I actually, I enjoyed the show. I thought it was, it was the most ECW type show that I've seen so far. If that makes sense. Oh no, it completely makes sense because we're, we're seeing a change in the product. Mm -hmm. Paulie's finally gotten, gotten the stink off of the Todd Gordon era, right? Yes. He has cleansed the Cabrini. Yeah. He definitely has done that. And he, the only Cabrini holdout is Rock and Rebel, isn't he? I mean, I, I guess. I mean, well, I, mean, I, I, I won't. I won't count Sandman because Sandman yeah. you know, evolved. But I'm just saying, like, the only like just regular act is fucking Rock and Rebel. Yeah, yeah, and then a close second would probably either be me or Dreamer or Bad Breed. Well, Cairo to an extent, but you know, Cairo. Yeah, I, was- I just mean like with like the the fact that nothing's changed about the like Rock and Rebel is still the same Rock and Rebel that he was in Cabrini. You know, what I mean? everybody else's characters like they've put like ECWS type stuff on them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's what they should have done. That's what you want to do. I mean, you're not running Todd Gordon's ECW anymore. You know, you're you're starting a whole new thing. I thought everything was right. Yeah. I mean, would you give the show, Aaron? I would have gave the show a, a solid B minus or a C. I enjoyed it. All right. I would. I'll probably. I'll probably go as high as a uh, probably a C plus. I mean, you could probably argue a B minus, but I don't think so. Like the only I, thing I think it was just an, an average show for a company that was just establishing establishing their 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 ground, their their mm-hmm. roots. The only thing I like I said, the only thing I didn't enjoy on it was fucking Public Enemy and Bad Breed. And I know all oh, everybody, you guys are gonna be like, oh, what about nine one nine one one and Mister Hughes? I didn't go into nine one one and Mister Hughes thinking, oh, this is gonna be great, and then I was let down. I was going to be liar and Pegasus kid. Yeah, yeah, I knew this wasn't going to be. I knew it was going to be total suck. So I wasn't mad when it was total suck. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I I just, I actually enjoyed watching this show. Well, I bailed out on both of them guys a long time ago, anyway. So you know, it didn't nothing surprise me, shock me, turn my opinion the other way. 
Now, one yeah. thing where I one thing where I totally agree with Aaron is this is the most ECW thing we've seen that we have reviewed so far. And I mean, we are literally I think the the NWA Championship tournament where where uh, Shane throws the belt down is about two weeks from now. Yeah, they were a couple weeks away from it. So you are really getting we are we are really getting to the point where it's going to stop being Eastern Championship Wrestling from the NWA, just an indie, and becoming Extreme Championship Wrestling. And um, shit's about to get good, guys. Uh, about to? We've been doing this show for what a year and a half. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> this show's always been good. I'm talking about their show. No, that's what I mean. How <laughs> do you mean? We, like... We've sat through a lot of of this. <laughs> And we had a lot of fun doing it, but uh, it's uh, things are about to change drastically in the next few weeks, and I am glad that our listeners and my co-hosts are going to be along with me for the journey. And um, I don't know if you guys have any parting words for our listeners. We were, I know we recorded late this week, so I want to thank you guys for being here. Aaron, any parting words for everybody out there this week? Uh, just that there was a fan request to bring the Hambone of the Week Award back, so that'll be returning next week. We we didn't we don't do it anymore. We haven't officially given anybody the ham bone in a while. Oh. This guy officially wants us to start ham boning people, so we're gonna do it. I'll bring it so, back and I'll actually start charting it. So what what, what I'm gonna do is <laughs> what I'm what I'm gonna do is the Why old that funny. I don't know. I'll start charting it. It's, it's gonna, <laughs> gonna be ham bone chart. There's gonna be sti- statistics and shit. <laughs> If if people start paying for the, the show and we start making some money, I know my old Maryland promoter owns like a wrestling store and like a trophy shop. <laughs> mail people to ham. <laughs> well, no, we mail it out the first time. And then after that, the ham bone of the week has to mail it out the next time. <laughs> And then people are going to wonder why Archie Mitchell's getting so many packages. So like, I got to keep mailing it to myself? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The UPS guy is pulling up at his house. Is he married? And the UPS guy keeps pulling up at his house <laughs> like every week. Archie's wife is like, why is the why is the return address and the, the sent to address the same address? <laughs> That's right. Every week. Handbone of the week. I'm, I'm venturing towards Mr. Hughes, though. He's been pretty handbone lately. He has been pretty handbone. He actually, he actually is, as time went on, he kind of replaced Sal Balomo as our weekly running joke. And I'm pretty but. sure Mr. Hughes is eggs and handbones. <laughs> Some handbones. Thank you for joining us, everybody, this week on Reliving the Extreme. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time around. Reliving the Extreme is a production of Max and Out Media, all rights reserved. <laughs>